Hi everyone, I'm Joel Premack and welcome to the Community-Led Growth Show. Each week, I will be speaking with community leaders to share insights with you all on how to build a community-led growth company. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, I'm Joel Premack, host of the Community-Led Growth Show. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Leader, VP of Partnerships and Alliances at Pavilion. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Aaron. Joel, pleasure to be here. Good to see you. Always. Let's start off with a really softball question and go with, can you please give all of our listeners a quick 30-second intro about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Aaron. I serve the partnerships group here at Pavilion. Pavilion is a community for high-growth professionals, uh, typically sales, marketing, customer success, and revenue ops. Uh, We have over 50 chapters around the world and over 8,000 members including this guy in Chicago. Yay. Happy to have <laughs> Love it. It's been really fun. So thank you so much. Awesome. Um, next, going into our conversation for the day. So we're talking about kind of a unique area of community. We're talking about when communities build out partnerships teams today with you. So let's start off with how have you built out the strategy for the partnerships at Pavilion? So um, things happened organically over time, but when I first began in the role in the fall of 19, we truly had one partner. Outreach was working with Pavilion and uh, Gong was another where we were doing some dinners, but it wasn't yet uh, solidified as like a deep annual agreement. And um, with an understanding of who our members are and what they're looking to learn about, we were able to look across the tech stack and think these are the types of companies in sales and marketing and revenue operations and ultimately customer success technologies that can come in and have a seat at the table and be the, the subject matter experts. And um, the strategy is, is built around relationships. And it's like understanding who are the important people that you should uh, have your elbows linked with at those companies, understand what's important to them, not only over a a quarter or a year, but over over years, and uh, why Pavilion should be the place where they invest their time and energy. Awesome. So as you built out the strategy, you equally have built out the partnerships team to support this. So what's the structure of the team actually look like today? Love that question. So uh, there's, um, there's Chris Payne, who's been with us um, since 2020, since fall of 2021 or 2020, I can't even remember, but, uh, he, uh, he, he functions, um, essentially as he's there for, for all things that our partners need and, uh, view it as like partnership success, almost like as a customer success function. And then there's Taylor Johnson who works on the dinners that our partners put on along with the content pieces. So when there's eBooks and um, social elements to their agreements. And then Elizabeth Ottenfeld is also in a success capacity. So she's there for all things. She runs a QBRs with our partners. She's there for um, success on their events, meaning they always have a resource the day of their event, leading up to their event, dry runs, et cetera. And uh, we've just added a new hire. He starts on March 7th. So by the time this podcast airs, he will have begun. And he's the first hire since I started um, focused on the sales element. So his, his title is going to be Partnerships Development. And um, 
He's going to learn the lay of the land and help develop relationships in the ecosystem as uh, we have a lot of exciting larger tentpole style events coming up this year where there's going to be opportunities for partners to get involved. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited to see how that goes for you all and what those larger events are. So yeah. can't wait. Um, now that we've heard a little bit about how you built out the partnerships team, how do you guys effectively build beneficial that agreements that are essentially beneficial, I guess, really to both parties involved? And what are the ways that partners can get involved in Pavilion? So I guess starting, starting with these larger events, um, there's going to be opportunities to, to speak on stage across nine cities in the US. So on the West Coast, Seattle, San Francisco, LA, Chicago, Indianapolis, Austin, Boston, New York City, and Atlanta. And um, so they'll have speaking opportunities on stage. They'll have we're not calling it a booth, but essentially like an activation area. So an area where they can be found and they can have representatives and an opportunity to meet with our members. And then there'll be, you know, different store, different sort of in-person uh, activation opportunities, the happy hours, the dinners, the barista station, what you will. And um, it'll be really exciting to get back in person because Revenue Collective, uh, where Pavilion came from, was truly built upon in-person experiences between executives. And um, it's been a long time since we've we've had the opportunity to enjoy being around each other and learning. So um, that's like the first bucket. The digital experiences range from content pieces, eBooks, blog posts, sponsorship of our schools in Pavilion University. We, we're gonna have by the end of the year over 40 courses and there's opportunities for sponsors to integrate into the learning experience. And um, I would view a lot of these things as like brand, brand awareness and uh, thought leadership in a, an ability to, to integrate their content and their learnings into what we're already putting on for our members, what our members enjoy. And ideally our members are having an experience where they do not feel like every piece of pavilion real estate is being sold and that they are essentially the product that is being sold. Our webinars is one area where a partner works with us and they understand, yes, we're getting on stage and we're, we're bringing thought leadership and we're bringing content that's valuable to the community, but that is also a, a lead generation opportunity for them. Uh, but I would view all the prior items of inventory as a thought leadership. Awesome. I like that idea of really making it more of like positioning them as a thought leader and kind of elevating them and giving them that space to then really just share their knowledge and expertise from their company. Because each company, I would imagine, has their own like key, unique like learnings and insights to then share with people on best practices or what's new or anything else kind of related to that specific function that they're supporting. Yeah, and, and view it as that when they're working with Pavilion, we're, and the team that uh, we mentioned a few minutes ago, we're there to help make the experience as smooth as possible for them and to, you know, put them in the spotlight and help them amplify their message. When we have those prep calls, when we have those uh, kickoff conversations, it's understanding that the content is really valuable to the members and not an advertisement for their software, which 
there's a there's a sweet spot in the middle where you can provide value and also make it look like your software is the best stuff out there. Uh, and it's it's tricky. And, and essentially, I guess I didn't touch on like my role within the team is uh, engaging and building these relationships and executing these agreements, but then also a little bit of the politics post-sale to understand this is how you properly work within the community. Awesome. So touching right on this, this is now a perfect segue to the next question of how do you balance providing ROI and value to partners while ensuring that members gain value through these partnerships as well? So the and I'll speak specifically to like the larger term, longer agreements that we have with the outreaches and gongs and qualifieds and sendosos of the world, the companies who build us into their annual budget and understand that they're going to be working with us for a long period of time. When they make that decision, they, they look at their budget and the most typical like breakdown of percentage is thinking that 70% of what they're doing within Pavilion is for their brand to drive affinity, to have presence within the membership and be to be there and understand that as members continually see their association with the category within Pavilion, that they're somebody they wanna to talk to. 30% of the pie is more for those like lead gen, demand gen type activities. And um, I gotta say like when 70% is talking about brand, that is a tough metric to, value, uh, to measure ROI on. Um, we, uh, we do everything we can to, to make it feel native for the membership, because if there is a metric we're measuring on our side from the partnership team, it's our, if our members are complaining about something, we are doing something wrong. And uh, that, is our, that is our North Star across the entire company, and it's no different for the partnerships division. Even though our energy is focused on our partners, if uh, our members are not pleased with the engagement from the partners, uh, we have to assess. So again, a perfect segue into the next question. I love that you're just like on a roll with these. Uh, what do y'all measure to know if a partnership is successful? And do you guys have a single North Star metric? And if so, what is it? So attribution is, it, is not always uh, a simple conversation. And um, a lot of our partners will look at, obviously, like what, what sort of qualified leads did they develop over the course of the engagement, and uh, if they did, in fact, close and win revenue uh, based on opportunities generated through Pavilion. That's, like, that's the easiest thing to look at, but at times, we'll hear from a partner, oh, yes, like we did close this deal. This was open, but Pavilion helped influence that deal. Uh, so we, we have a lot of conversations around influence and we'll have an event where uh, somebody is within the cycle of a partner, they come and attend that dinner and then that ends up closing and it's not an exact check mark for, for Pavilion, but there is a feeling that yes, Pavilion helped influence this deal. Um, from our side, from our team, we do not get involved in deals. We're not making introductions for our partners. I'm not a part of the sales cycle. No one else on the team is either. Um, again, it's just giving them that, you know, the bandstand and the spotlight and the trumpet blaring around, this is what our partner is doing. Um, and again, I'll just echo like the, the North Star metric on the team side is if we hear from member success, if I'm getting pinged from member success that company X is bothering our members, um, 
it's time to pump the brakes and uh, have a serious conversation with the partner. So right as you were saying around influence, I often think of sometimes when you talk about community being influenced for deals and acceleration of revenue for companies, I think in your case, when you're talking about partnerships, it's a great example of sometimes it's a dotted line showing the influence of, yeah, this helped, but it's not a strict solid line of we don't know for sure. We don't know to the nth degree of how impactful this experience was through their partnership with Pavilion. But we do know that there was an element of, yeah, they were at a dinner. Yes, they attended an event. So is there a reasonable chance that it did influence? Likely, many would probably say yes. Aaron, would you say so? Yeah, and I would say that, like, not an exact comment on that, but but piggybacking off of it, that um, the best marketers out there are experimenting and trying different things and then being able to, to gauge and measure what's working or what was just an expense and it didn't work out. And I think that we're at the very, very beginning of what community is and the name of this podcast, right? Community-led growth. We are, every people are experimenting. They're understanding what they can gain from engaging through a community. And for some uh, companies, that might just mean having members, having employees be a member of community X, Y, or Z. And for some companies, they're saying, this is an opportunity. We want to be known as the expert in our category within Pavilion or within another community. And I think that um, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting what develops over over years and time. And I think that you know my mom asked me when I started doing this role, like I started doing the role, and then COVID happened, and then you know things accelerated. And she said, "Oh, well, is it only accelerating because of COVID?" And I told her, I was like, "Revenue Collective was already going like this before before that began, and that um, people need support." Uh, people need to be able to learn from their peers and they be, need to be, they want to learn through structured learning experiences, which we realize and made the investment in Pavilion University. So um, coming back to like how marketers are gauging that and experimenting, it's that uh, we're, we're at the very beginning and uh, the, we'll, we'll see what happens over the coming years. Question, one-off, double tapping into this idea of experimenting any experiments going on that partners are talking about with you guys that are really like interesting or off the beaten path that you can talk about? Um, I think that, I think that it's not, it's not like that off the beaten path, but I think speaking engagements are really important. And I think that it's not only being at conference X, Y, or Z, it's being on stage and having the opportunity to, to have the attention of the room and uh, when people work with Pavilion, they understand that they're getting in front of executives from the fastest growing companies in the world and they have their attention and they have their engagement. Awesome. So we're gonna pivot a little bit into a different type of question around the actual structure and more kind of the nuts and bolts of the partnerships team. So is the partnerships team a cost center or a profit center? And from the partnership deals that are closed, one, what does the revenue support for Pavilion? I, as a member, I'm a little curious and thought that while I have the opportunity to have you on the show, I'm gonna 
learn a little bit more about it. For sure. So um, it is a profit center. And I would view the, the revenue supporting the growth of the internal team, which in turn creates Pavilion University courses, creates a deeper member success team. So they're there to help support our members on wherever they want to go within Pavilion and within their career. Um, I mean, that's at least what I tell myself when I, when I understand that it's like the members are our North Star, yet uh, our charge within partnerships is develop revenue and uh, help support the company. Uh, that's, those are the types of activities that in turn return to our members. Well, as a member, I'll say one, member success is always on point. Two, yeah. Two, so far enjoying marketing school. We're in week three, class is later today. So we shall see how it goes, but very excited for it so far. So thank you. Amazing. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Looking forward yeah. to hearing how that wraps. I'm not in that one, but uh, I probably should take it next time around. I am uh, in it with Taylor, actually, on oh, your great. team. Yep. So we see each other, see each other <laughs> um, in it. I'm like, uh, we don't actually see each other. We see each other. I got it. So <laughs> how are you? How are you enjoying um, the cohort aside from the lectures itself? The cohort's really cool. I think that it's really interesting space because you get to meet people from all across, not just like different geographies, but also different stages in kind of marketing careers, as well as people who are, I kind of describe it as marketing adjacent. Um, like if we, you have a salesperson who sells to MarTech, they're trying to learn and get a better understanding of their persona. Or if you're, you have a salesperson who's trying to transition into marketing, they have different goals mm -hmm. versus like myself, who is a marketer and trying to learn more about all these different functions of marketing. Cause there's brand, there's content, there's demand gen, there's customer, there's community, there's product. Like, should I go on? Right. Um, so I really enjoy just hearing everybody. And we also have people from different size companies and different company life cycles. So it's overall just a really great experience to hear everybody just like talking about their opinions and perspectives in relation to the content that we're covering in our class sections. Very cool. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. That's exciting. Yeah. No, I'm super excited for the sessions and have been enjoying it so far. So thank you. As awesome. I said, yeah, well, Concluding up the episode, what are three tips for a community that you'd give them when they're planning on building out a formal partnerships team to drive an additional value to members and revenue for the organization overall? Let me see if I can come up with three. Um, the first thing I would think about is understanding, like to the point of we didn't, we had one salesperson for two and a half years. And there, there wasn't a need or a, uh, a pressure from the organization to how much of a profit center we were creating within partnerships. So it's truly understanding how many partners do you really want and, and not, uh, not over committing on that front. Because um, if it becomes too saturated, if it, if it feels like there's a commercial everywhere you, that you look, that's where it can 
it can spoil the experience for members. So uh, the first thing is like understanding like what kind of revenue you want to see from the team. And then with what is sold, I guess this is point two, understanding what's what kind of support team you're going to need to put together the experience that works well for the partners and also still brings value for the members. Um, and then the last tip I would give would be that there has to be clear expectation setting from, from the get-go between uh, the partnership team and the, the partners who are gonna work within the community. If, um, if you're not on the same page, if you let the partners do whatever they want within the community, the, the, met, the people in that community will feel it and you'll hear about it. And you need to, um, you need to set clear expectations. There needs to be uh, an understanding of the rules of engagement. And it's like, we understand our partners are hoping to develop leads and engagement and drive revenue. And we can help them do that, but there's a, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I think that clear communication, honesty, transparency, um, working through kindness and, and really understanding who, that um, the person on the other side of the table from you has goals, but that, that has to work within the framework of, of your company's expectations, your community's uh, feeling and vibe. And um, that's, the, that's the more like gray zone part of my role, which is actually my favorite part of my role. Why is it your favorite? Uh, because it's the most human. It's the least, it's like there's transactions and then there's everything in between like transaction and delivery. And um, that's, that's the area that needs the most finesse, uh, the, the highest importance of having a strong relationship. And uh, I don't know, I'm sitting alone in the top floor of my home all day, every day. And those are the moments and the phone calls and that feel, feel the most like I, we're working through a challenge and a problem and getting creative with a partner to, uh, to make sure everybody on both sides is happy. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the Community Leg Growth Show. If people want to follow or connect with you on other channels, what are the best channels and our handles for them to do so? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Aaron Leader. I am uh, available through email, Aaron at joinpavilion.com. If you're met with a challenge email through Gated, uh, you can you can ping me, double tap me on LinkedIn. Uh, if it's urgent, I will, I will get back. And um, Especially if you want to learn about partnership opportunities, I'm happy to have a conversation and understand what your company's goals are and uh, if it works for both sides. Awesome. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, Joel. Take care.